1: Hello, Toasters. Welcome back. Here we are then, episode two today um, of My Mate Bought a Toaster, series five. Can't believe it, guys. How have we got here? Hmm? How have we ended up in this mess? Uh, So last week, of course, the fabulous Tim Key. Thank you very much for all your messages. Thank you very much for all your tweets. Really, really nice of you. Uh, This week, uh, I start the interview today with a real gush. See if you can detect the moment when I start gushing at my guest. Because, you know, I, I mean... It's not every week you get to talk to someone who you spent your childhood watching on TV. I mean, I loved Blackadder when I was a kid, sure. Um, And eventually I started watching things like Alan Partridge and all that sort of stuff. But the thing that got me loving comedy, like obsessing over comedy, was The Young Ones. It's just the very best. And if if you're some kind of fetus listening to this and you've never watched The Young Ones, go on YouTube. I think loads of it's on YouTube now. And it's anarchic and mad, but just fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, so this was a real privilege. Stand by for the gush. Here is your Nigel Planer episode.
0: There's quite a strange experience looking back through what you bought. Yes. Did I really do that? Did I buy that many toe separators? <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I need a lap, there's a.
1: somebody the name of the show, it's my mate,
0: toaster, oh, It's my mate, toaster, yeah, yeah my mate, a
1: toaster, oh, oh. Toaster, my love, thank God Toaster, Hello and welcome along. This is my mate, what toaster, uh, Tom Price with you as ever. And this week's guest is, I mean... I hope this isn't going to be awkward, Nigel. But you are a comedy hero of mine. You really are. Like I adored you uh, in the Young Ones, and I'm obsessed with Nicholas Craig. I have bought. If you looked at my Amazon purchase history, you would see eight copies of I, an actor, because I bought it for all my actor friends. Wow! I think you're wonderful. So thank you for doing well, this show. Well,
0: thank you, thank you for uh, having me, and thanks for saying that. Which oh. edition, may I ask? Did you buy it? <laughs> no, this There's is. Been well, so I've many. got. There's been a lot of editions. I think I got it pre because
1: because didn't Steve Coogan come along yeah. and write a forward for it? And I wonder if the, I've got the, the latest
0: edition. Yeah, Steve Steve um, uh, wrote a very good forward. That's it with forward by Steve, who who kind of was. It, it it's been through about eight editions, different photos, different, and we've updated the text. But it yeah. had just. Just for the first time ever, I think, fallen out of print. And Steve got in touch with my agent to say, where can I get hold of it? So I got back to him and said, well, write us an introduction and we'll get it back in print again, which is exactly what happened.
1: We should explain. We should explain for um, dear listeners. So Nicholas Craig is uh, one of your many characters uh, who is a... I mean, plucking a random actor and not at all who he's
0: based on, but maybe a Simon Callow esque, shall we say? He's in fact based on myself. Um, yes, rather strongly. <laughs> it, it, it's it's about the the traits of an actor. The, the the way to say it maybe is to put a double R on the end, an actor, <laughs> um, to explain. And he he originally in the uh, mid to late eighties we wrote um, his his biography called I, an actor, um, with the subtitle Another Great Actor Explores Himself. <laughs> um, and we've we've done many rewrites since then. We did some telly series three, I think, a series of short programmes, you know, how to do a gardening programme, how to act, gardening <laughs> programme, how to act, to travel. <laughs> These were his masterclasses, how to act, TV chef yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. and we did a radio series in the early days too. And then Mm. uh, live, he's been out live. He used to do award ceremonies, uh, you know, giving away the award for the best comedy play. This was for real, but I kind of stopped doing those because it, it, it got a bit scary taking the piss out of, for example sir trevor Nunn or somebody you know doing mm. jokes at the expense of when he's sitting two rows in front of you in the audience not lasting. you don't
1: have that you don't have that ricky gervaisian desire to roast people in their faces because i don't either i find it excruciating
0: no to roast people at all i find i'm 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 the opposite end from okay. um from Ricky Gervais. In fact, I've had to with Nicholas Craig as a couple of times. I've had to apologise to people. I felt it beholden on me to apologise. Really? Yeah, because you you get carried away with taking the piss, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and things do need debunking. We all yeah. need it. But and yeah. um, with Nicholas Craig, I feel it's based on me a lot of you know. It's written in conjunction with. Christopher Douglas, he's the, he's the writer who, who writes Ed Reardon and, and performs Ed Reardon. He comes from an acting background, both his parents and himself. So we were kind of pissing on our own doorstep. The satire mm. is, is uh, you know, very much based in our own... It's an alter ego from ourselves. Nevertheless, mm. we have insulted a few people quite badly. <laughs> <laughs> and I have I, I had to apologise to lovely Tim Piggott Smith once. Because really? we, we stole a photograph, which was a bit out of order. We <coughs> hung around with a photographer a few feet away where you wouldn't notice him. Yeah. The stage door of the National Theatre. Yeah, And then as um, great actors came into the stage door, oh. I snuck up behind them, and pulled faces to make it look like I thought they were my great mate, unbeknownst to, to the actors. And the 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 victim on that occasion happened to be Tim Piggott-Smith. So I snuck up behind him. I didn't know him. Um, and sort of did a kiss towards his ear kind of oh. thing. And this photo got into the Evening Standard. <laughs> and it sort of said Tim Piggott-Smith is, you know, great mate's with this idiot, what does he? Think? I don't know. Anyway, I then met oh, him no. later and and was very aware that I owed him an apology. Oh,
1: but it's so ripe for the, the sending out the acting world, and we'll get onto that. We'll dig into that while we while we go through your purchase history, which is uh, what we are here to do. This is my made toaster, and we're going to go into your Amazon account now. You have sent me about a billion. Screenshots of your Amazon uh history. We're gonna go back to 2011 And it seems that the first thing you bought, uh read and write Hindi script.
0: Yeah, Devnagari script, yeah. Yes, okay. Sure. Why so what's going on here? Um I I um decided to learn Hindi and I went to class. Yeah. I was at it ooh, a few years, and I got not like, hmm, not like a, a European language, which I'm not bad with. I'm currently learning Spanish online, right. and and I can speak that. You could say, well, I can say that. I can even read it, and you you, you can make progress quite fast. But with Hindi, it's so complicated. Um, that progress was slow, but I I really enjoyed the challenge of keeping up with the class and learning. You know, the alphabet's different. It's not just the alphabet's different. It's the whole way of of phrasing things is different, the verbs at the end. Right. I mean, if you did a literal translation, you would say something like, um, me, this shop in, new shoes, meet can I? Bloody hellfire. That's how your brain has to work. So you'd have to then re-scramble that to say, can I meet some new shoes in this shop? (laughs) And what it means is, can I buy some, do you sell new shoes in this shop? (laughs) Because they use the word meet in in many, many different ways, you know. So it's it's complicated.
1: I've only ever done French, bit of Spanish, bit of Italian uh, and had a disaster with Latin but you forget how much those languages are, well, geographically very close to us, you know, not too far away. As soon as you venture out, like my friend was into German and then you've got nominative, vocative, accusative. Yeah, German. Just... And German has a different
0: word order as well, doesn't it?
1: Oh, I, do, I mean, because I think I'm very clever for being able to do a bit of holiday French, but the idea of leaping into this, was there a reason that you decided to, to go into Hindi? Is it just an intellectual kind of pursuit? No,
0: it was a, it was a I've had a, a long um, fascination with, association with, Indian culture, history. Right. I, I first went there a bit disastrously in 1973 mm-hmm. uh, when I was uh, just coming up to 20.
1: Why was it a disaster?
0: Um, I got very sick. Oh. Um, I went away. I didn't have any money. I went overland on my own uh, through um, Turkey, Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan. Yeah. And um, I was away for about six months. The disaster was, I didn't tell my parents. What do you mean? Um,
1: where you were going? Yeah. That was a
0: bad thing to have done. So what did you say to your parents? Did you just disappear? Did you run away? Uh, nothing, yeah. I, I went. Wow. I, my girlfriend at the time, who came, it started in Italy. No, France. Uh, I was on a sort of holiday busking in France. France, Yeah, I was in contact, I can't remember, because you can't say I was in contact on phone, because to book an international call in those days, mm. you had to go to the post office, book it, and then come back four days later when it was booked, oh. and stay in the queue, and then go in a booth and say, yes, you can speak to uh, France now. <laughs> I just got a duffel bag. and That is extreme gap yearing. A little bit of money, but not really enough, and, and ended up in India, and I got sick. I got as far as Varanasi, mm. and I then came back overland as well. Very sick, really? lost much weight. I was under, I think it was about seven stone, <sighs> and I'm six foot three.
1: Bloody hell. That's my height. So, that's, that's under half my weight now. Yeah, wow. that's
0: under half my weight now yeah, too. Yeah. And, and um, I got very sick. I went to the hospital of tropical diseases for a long time. And um, gradually got better. Oh, my God. And that was a sort of formative experience. Yes, it would be. <laughs> yes. Which, uh, but I, I had, when I got there, I had a, uh, it's a very cliched thing, but a kind of pull. I didn't want to come back. I came back because I was sick and I knew I couldn't cope. Yeah. But I had, I, I felt the the cliched um hang whatever it is the draw to to india and indian people um which is a bit you know and since then i have studied and read and learned more Mm. because i i felt um uh, compelled to do so to sort my mind out and get a realistic view uh, of it. And I, I got obsessed as well with Indian cinema, yeah. as we will no doubt see yes. later on. Yes, so, indeed. There's a hell of a lot of Indian cinema. <laughs> yes. In um, and um, I started to uh, go back there. In in It took me 10 years to sort of pluck up the courage to go back, mm. or maybe more. And then for a few years, I was going back there Going back there with my wife all, all over. Um, stopped going back there 10 years ago, maybe. Mm, okay. Um, but we, we used to go back every year and I'd go to various areas and take interest and read uh, Indian history, literature, politics, yeah and uh, got a bit obsessed with it, and then thought, I must, this is ridiculous, I must learn it, I must learn to speak this and read it, yeah. because it would be a great challenge, it would It would feel good. Yeah. And I got a bit of satisfaction from that. By uh, One time we went back to uh, a place in Rajasthan called Mount Abu, where I had been very sick uh, when I was on the beginning of the journey, really, well, the middle of the journey, and a chap called Mr. Irene had kind of taken me under his wing, saw me every day, made sure I had some breakfast, walked me round the town, told me the legends of each of the of the gods that were all around, but also told me the history of the British, mm. took me to the cantonment where the British graveyards are from 1857. He explained to me a bit of the bitterness towards the British. You know, I got a, I got a, a a more rounded picture mm. from him. Mm. I revisited this town, well, it must be 10 years ago now, with a smattering of Hindi that had taken me years to, to learn. It's quite hard to... Yes. You can't get fluent in it. It's difficult. Yes. So I went to the bazaar where I remembered the shirt and searched around asking people in Hindi. Mm. I was able to say, you know, do you know Mr. Irene's shoe shop? Is he there? It turned out somebody said, well, he died. Okay. But... His son is here, and I found the Bata shoe shop where he'd been, and his son was there. There were pictures of him on the wall and his wife, ah. um, who did, now deceased. Right. The son said, yes, I remember you. <laughs> he would have been five. Yeah. I'm not sure if he did remember me, but... Um, then the the uncle came. The, you know, load of people come to the shop, and I was able to to just about say, you know, your father was very good to me. Mm. He was a good man, and I'm very grateful to him because he was. You know, if it hadn't been for him, I think I might have uh, dissolved completely.
1: Do you, do you think you were that ill when you were there? Then it was almost near death. You were that you were that poorly when you had the.
0: Uh, not at that point, I wasn't, right. but. By the time I got home, I was yes, I hit the jackpot in um, in the Hospital of Tropical Diseases mm, mm. for malabsorption. Where you you this was my initial comedy routine actually in the in the comedy store. The first time I went on my own, not in the double. All tragedy leads to comedy. There you go. Yeah, which was about the. I used to just stand up and, and describe the uh, the villi in my gut, which are the little, <laughs> they're the they're the little sort of wavy bits of seaweed type of thing in, inside your gut yeah. that catch the food as it goes down and absorb the vitamins and the nutrients. Ah. And if you have enough bacteria buildup and and bad shit going on... It's all blocks. The villi get stuck together and eventually they flatten oh. so that the food falls straight through you, mm. as it were, like a... Anyway, that was my comedy routine. <laughs> and, and to, to sort of capital, the, the illness I had was called Tropical Sprue. Yeah. Which um, people laughed at the time. That nobody believed that there would be an illness called Sprue. And. Uh,
1: That's so good. That was your bit. But this is, you know, it was that back then, as it is still today. Any comedian I know, something goes wrong, we all say to each other, mate, it's a good Edinburgh show next year. It's, it's <laughs> the way it works. The way it works. Yeah,
0: I suppose so. I never got to do a good Edinburgh show, but I suppose I I, you know, Neil the Hippie, if you look in the um opening titles of the young ones, there's a there's a picture of him in the university library leaning on his his um the palm of his hand asleep yeah. In, yeah. in the in the university library. And behind him on the wall it says um School of African and Asian Studies which is where I, I, I went to the School of African and Asian Studies. Um, this is before I went to India. I was already interested in the Eastern cultures, mm. and um, we made Neil a, a failed student at the School of African and Asian Studies, as I was, because I dropped out. I never completed that course.
1: Right. Well, of course, go, but going around uh, India in the 70s, you're going to see a fair few Neils, aren't
0: you? There was, a, there was a lot of them, yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. And I was a bit of one myself. I mean, again, it's a, a making an alter ego. You base a fair bit of it on your own flaws, rather like that that Neil Innes line, you know. I've suffered making this music. Now it's your turn. <laughs> um, it's like you know these are my these are my terrible flaws. Mm. Um, and now, now you can go through them. Yeah. you know now you express yeah. them. But that, it is entertaining. People laugh. Oh you are yeah. got to laugh at your own you
1: have shortcomings. To. And you have to monetize your own shortcomings as well. That's the important yeah.
0: thing.
1: Yeah moving on we're st- look, that's one item yeah sorry that's what you've got you've sent me about 80,000 no no not, not if you could do if you did that long after each item we're going to be here till christmas which is fine by me but i suspect you have things to do um 3rd of november 2011 hmm. well, hello hello look at this you've uh, you've bought the black brainsaver the hollow air tube hands free headset reduces 98% of harmful radiation emissions generated by cell phones
0: oh yeah that thing God, I didn't even notice that when I said to you that is that that that's that tube. So yeah. that it yeah. when people yeah. were getting all worried about yeah yes uh, wires mm. from the mobile phone foil hat tin foil hat that's right yeah 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 the tin foil hat and I saw the ad for this thing which is a tube of air where the vibration happens at the mobile end then the sound goes up the tube and you put it in your ears. Um, and it's sort of this, what do they do And it really works. It really works really well. But you can't really, the only thing it doesn't do is transfer, you know, what to do?
1: I mean, it's great. You don't, you know, you don't get brain cancer from the waves, but you get, you die of a heart attack from the stress of not being able to hear anyone. Or you <laughs> chuck it in the bin. <laughs> well, you know, there we, there we are. Those guys were, you know, they were the, the frontiers uh, people of the, the 5G terror, weren't they? They were out there already in 2011 getting us all terrified about stuff. Yeah, like that.
0: yeah. I mean, it would have been a good idea if it had worked, I suppose. I was yes. getting a, a, a headaches and a sore ear and things, so I thought, oh, maybe that's it. But- well, I only ever speak on the phone on my left ear.
1: And Not that we speak on the phone for very long anymore, do we really? It's all, it's more sort of voice notes and emails, maybe a video call and stuff like that. But sometimes, if I had a good half hour chat on the phone, I would have a burning absolutely. But I don't think that was from radio waves. No, it's just heat,
0: it's just heat, isn't it? Yes,
1: yes, A, a piece of metal jammed to my ear. Um. Okay, what else have we got in 2011 before we move on a year? Uh, we've got The Big Lebowski, brilliant stuff. Um, the Life and Loves of a She-Devil by Faye Weldon and She-Devil the DVD. Any reason you've gone for both those in July 2011? Yes,
0: there is. I um, am the writer of a stage musical based on She-Devil.
1: Oh. I,
0: uh I'm a friend of Faye Weldon's and we got talking one weekend, uh, and I thought, I, I worked a lot in musical theatre at the time, and I thought, this would make a great musical. And... Hmm. Give us the nutshell of the, what, what What's the She-Devil story? The She-Devil story? Devil story is a woman who has a, a husband uh, who is unfaithful with Mary Fisher, who is, in, in, in the original version, is a sort of... Uh, romantic fiction novelist, very, very successful, right. thin, beautiful. Uh, in our version, we've updated her. She's like an influencer. She's, uh, yes. she's everything. She's got more followers than anybody. She's perfect, ah. and she's ah. so gorgeous, and everybody worships her. And yeah. Ruth, yeah. who is our protagonist, is not. She's kind of lump and... And uh, self, um, you know, self-deprecating and miserable. And her mm-hmm. husband is an accountant, a rather sort of uh, he's 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 a sort of boring man who thinks he's incredibly interesting. And <laughs> the he's, he he moves in with Mary Fisher. He has an affair with Mary Fisher, and wow. says you're a and and you're you're a, at some point he comes up with the thing you're just you're so awful he's horrible to his wife He says you're you're just you know how can you expect me i mean what do you expect to stay with someone like you he's he's really horrible and says wow. you're like a devil you're like a she devil and she says well if i'm a devil right i'm and she summons the devil and takes revenge on not just him and Mary Fisher, but basically the whole world, the church, politics, everything. She wreaks destruction on everything and Uh. uh, embezzles all his money, gets him put in prison. and (laughs) This is the dream. Yeah, and then spends all the money on plastic surgery to make her look like Mary Fisher and then becomes Mary, gets more followers than Mary Fisher. In the meantime, Mary Fisher, she dumps her children on Mary Fisher and her husband. So she says goodbye to the children. Why should I just mm. love? Why should I be the woman who, who um, sits around being the receptacle and do, you know cleaning everyone's mess? I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm I'm going to do what I want. She shags, yeah, anything she wants. She is corrupt, takes on lots of different people's identities in order to undermine everybody. Okay. And then Mary Fisher um, has a terrible time because she's got the perfect home and suddenly she's got these two resentful children. Those will slow her down. They'll slow her right down. And Ruth manages to uh, undermine that affair by pushing further temptation in her employment further temptation on her husband so her husband starts having an affair with his secretary who was placed there by roof. oh honey trap lovely so mary is now alone with these children and she's running out of money because she has to pay her husband's lawyers for and mary is gradually being destroyed and but finds that she loves these children Oh my god, that's beautiful. She finds that actually she's gaining more satisfaction out of caring for these children, and then she dies of cancer. Oh fucking hell!
1: What? Sorry about that. Fucking that's the hell! Story. What? What? I was really on board then. I was even writing down. She devil fay. Well done. Bloody hell! Then she dies. Yeah, yeah that's,
0: because that's, the that's, end that's... is pretty dark. It's dark in the book, and it's dark in our show. Uh.
1: I wonder how many of my listeners were just gravitating towards getting the book on Amazon and just went, yeah, you're all right. Yeah. Uh, No, but
0: it's beautiful, especially in our musical. Yeah. Um, The music has been written by Hannah Jane Fox and um, Andrew Holdsworth. And it's absolutely, it's not like, you know, a musical, hey, we're off to see a musical. There's jolly bits. Yeah. 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 But (laughs) it's more like, well, Hannah worked in in We Were Rocky with me. Uh, She was. The, the original Scaramouche, the music is big and inspiring and sort of, oof, it gets, yeah. there's, there's one song at the end when they're both, one of them's having plastic surgery, one of them's uh, in for cancer, and they're both in hospital beds and they sing yeah. a song where where they're put under with morphine and they, they it's a duet and they sing I Am Five they remember their childhood i am 5 and i am skipping i am 5 and it gradually they become more separated and you realize they they're both possible destinies of the same person really oh wow it doesn't matter bloody hell and it's it it absolutely it, it absolutely pulls your insides out listening to some of this music is beautiful i tell you what's connecting with
1: me thinking about that story it's quite timely is and maybe you have this as well I, I do my job as an actor, as a as a comedian, podcaster. There's always people doing better, and you can get t- you can get so tied up in knots looking at people's better Twitter numbers, better oh, podcast numbers, better this, this, yes. uh, I know the. And you, yeah. Right, okay, and I've got these. I am I am the luckiest man in the world. I've got these two beautiful boys, and often I will find myself staring at my fucking phone which I want to smash to pieces and I say every week on the podcast and I still haven't done it guys Um, and I'm looking at all these things and I'm peering into a world uh, of of resentment and jealousy and yet in front of me is the best thing that anyone could ever ask for so what that story really kind of struck me halfway through ah that's great and how do you how do you cope with the thing I've just alluded to with with the career stuff. Have you always been? Because my my acting friends, especially, are divided into people who genuinely don't mind, genuinely take pleasure in other people's success, and then the rest of us who get bitter and twisted. How how do you, do you have do you have mechanisms for it? Do you swallow it? Do you sort of let it go? What what's your way of dealing with it?
0: Oof. yeah, both of those. I, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm surprised by how good I am at it, and then yeah. the rest of the time. Uh, I'm I'm just so sort of snidey and and yeah bitter and twisted I don't know I <laughs> I, I met um Richard E Grant once and we yeah. were talking cuz he'd just written a book I'd just written a book and somebody for example Adrian Edmondson or, or you know somebody who I might feel that I was in competition with it might not have been aid it might have been somebody else had also written a book mm-hmm. and this unknown Adrian example person's book was doing a lot better than Richard E's or mine. <laughs> right. Oh, right, okay, well, at least he was beating
1: Richard E as well.
0: <laughs> and I was saying, yeah, well, he's done the he's done the the book, and uh, you know it, it's not that brilliant, but he's had a good attempt, and the plot line's actually quite good, or or hmm. you know, I said something generous. And Richard, he nice. went, my God, you're you're good. That's amazing. You know, you. Um, <laughs> how do you manage that? Uh, you know, I could do with some of that. And I surprised yeah. myself because I hadn't realised, I hadn't ever thought of myself as being in any way generous spirited. <laughs> uh, maybe it's, it's, it's something you learn as you get older. I think I am yes. more generous now. I mean, I'm quite old now.
1: Nonsense, nonsense. I think I'm better than I was. I think I'm better than I was. But... Um... Hilarious that you should say that to Withnail and expect him to be generous, for <laughs> sake. Of course, Withnail would be furious.
0: Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per
1: week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. Listen, I, I moving on, the final thing of 2011. I can't believe we're still only on 2011. Uh, we should mention it. We mentioned it briefly, but I want to allude to it because I've been lucky enough to act in this twice, oh. and it is one of my favourite things, uh, certainly in radio that I've done, and that's Ed Reardon's week.
0: Worth saying, Chris uh, Douglas
1: is a genius.
0: The whole thing is magnificent. Yes, and as you can see from my um, um, uh, Amazon list there, I yep. bought something like five series... At once. You went for it. I went, you went for, it. for it, yeah. And that's because yeah. uh, Christopher and I worked for years together daily on, mm. on Nicholas Craig. He ended up directing the TV, co-directing the TV, directing the one-man show. You know, he was – Nicholas Craig is a is a we, not an I. It just happens right. that I'm the performer. It's a, it's a jointly owned project. Right, um, yes. And – for years, since the late 80s, we have been working. But then when the second or third edition of it, there was a period when I think he'd had enough around, you know, and it's when he wanted to start doing his other character, Bod, and he wanted to start doing his own thing. I think he got a bit fed up with being the guy who, who isn't you know Nicholas Craig in terms of appearance and mm. there was a period of a few years when we didn't we weren't so in touch mm-hmm. and then we got back in touch for some reason some Nicholas Craig came back in I hasten to add, we're you know we're we're great friends now all all the time, um, mm. whether there's work or not to be done. You know we're we're good pals. But um, so we got back in touch, and I said, "Oh, what have you been up to?" And he said, "Oh, I've been doing this thing Ed Reardon, because I hadn't heard it." And, and I mm. thought, "Jesus, I better catch up with this." So Why? I bought as much of it as I could and listened to it all in one go. Isn't it brilliant? That's it's right. the story brilliant.
1: of Ed. Reardon. I mean, in a way, it's the writer version
0: of Nicholas Craig. It is exactly that. It's exactly the writer version of Nicholas Cragen. He sums up exactly what you were just talking about. The bitterness, (laughs) bitterness self-aggrandizement and envy and just general sort of malfeasance of the of the writer, of almost every writer you've ever met. Um,
1: All right, we're going to skip ahead. Uh, Let's now go, Nigel, to late 2012. This is probably a Christmas present. You've got Connect Four Classic. I just wanted to take a moment to say how much I love Connect Four. I was playing with my kids the other day.
0: Great game. Isn't it the best? And that is um, not so much a Christmas present as something you can play with Dad. Yes. You know, that's it, it may have been wrapped up at one point, but basically it's... Come on, let's get let's get down to it and play this game. It's it's excellent, yes. and it's something your kid can win against you. And you play it genuinely. I play well. I I don't really hold back. It's kind of random, and so yeah. they, they enjoy it. You know. Yeah. What What's your kid's situation? How many of you got? I've got. What, it's complicated. Oh, what all right. I've okay. Thought. Fine. I've all got right. two sons. Yes. Two stepchildren. Uh-huh. Seven step grandchildren and one on the way great grandchild and <gasps> one existing great grandchild
1: many 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 birthdays the, yeah oh
0: yeah a oh lot. My it's lovely it, i feel it, i feel um um nestled yes <laughs> in 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 people you know it it's really a good feeling
1: yeah I've never spotted the word nest in nestled
0: before. I like that. The
1: ver- I like the verbification of a nest. That yeah, for me. yeah. Nestled in it. Nothing to do um, with
0: Nestle's chocolate.
1: <laughs> no, not so much with the powdered milk. <laughs> um, 2012, just a couple more bits on that. You've got the marvellous Catelyn Moran, How to Be a Woman. I adore her so much. She's so brilliant. Um, and then next to it, you've got two copies of Southwark Past by Richard Thames. And there's another one as well. Earlier on, you've got uh, pictures, old pictures by John Betchman as well. Oh, Victorian London. and yeah. it's Victorian and Edward London from old photographs. Um, yeah. Yeah. I could look at old pictures forever. I could just look at them. I could lose myself in old stuff like that.
0: Yeah, those again. Most of my uh, book purchases seem to be to do with uh, work related, uh, and oh, yeah. this is to do with a, a a book I've written called Jeremiah Born in Time. So he travels in time in Southeast London, in Southern um, through inherited memory and morphic resonance. So he doesn't travel in place. So you have to be, you you travel in this this setup I've written um, by remembering the past, even past that you haven't had, like a collective memory, like birds fly south because they've inherited this memory there's a there's a philosophy that says this is possible and right. so and so he doesn't know he has this skill um but his mother is of unbeknownst to him um a fugitive from the future. When did you write this? um I've been working on it a while um it's currently. Pledging on unbound.com. I'm at about ah. nearly 60% pledged. You go to unbound.com, please okay. do pledge because yes. it's, um, as soon as it's as soon as it's uh, fully pledged, uh, it'll be published. Unbound.com is brilliant. Yes, yeah. okay, yes. It's it. a funny book. I mean, it's a comedy book inspired by it's a sort of in the territory of Blackadder because the history is pretty accurate right it, it yes. it's actually quite uh, well researched as you see from those books um yes. and but it's also it's in the realm of terry pratchett without the fantasy magic other than the fact that they can travel in time um yes it it's it's kind of the you know the sort of pedantic comedy of a terry pratchett book Uh, Yeah, it's 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 got that kind of even in the future, they're having residents association meetings and and sort of saying, no, well, I think we should look at Article 14 because it says the steam doors won't be. um, And so it's 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 kind of irritating comedy Uh, takes place in the same place, obviously, in 1910 in 2019. Mm -hmm. And in 2121, and also he goes back to an unspecified place, uh, uh, possibly pre- or post-Roman in the same place. I'm obsessed with time travel.
1: Basically, time travel and ghosts. Oh, I love time travel. Have you read the Jack Finney uh, novel Time and Again? Oh, no, somebody uh, uh,
0: recommended me that the other day
1: yes you must you must it's quite old now but it's about a guy who goes back to new york in the 1890s and um so who was it david quantic to uh, to slightly name drop recommended it on um twitter to me and it is like oh. he said to me, he said to me it'll go through you like a knife through butter and stay he said something like it'll stay with you forever and weirdly cuz at the time you read it, you think that was excellent, and I think about it all the time. It's, it's, really, yeah.
0: How, what's he called? David Finney. I'm writing it down.
1: Uh, Jack Finney. Jack F I F I double Time and again, it is. It's yeah. It's, I have yeah, heard it's a simple it. time travel novel, and you you should read it. Yeah, it's it's really yeah, good. Yeah,
0: Quantic is usually worth listening to. He knows what he's talking about. He does. Um,
1: So so uh, Nigel, the book the book is on Unbound. What's the book called? So we can we can look Jeremiah it Born in Time. Am I born in time? Very nice. Good plug. Okay, fine. All right. Listen, let's move on. Uh, racing through your Amazon purchase history, he uh, we have got a lot of like, as you hinted earlier on, lots of Indian stuff and um, Bollywood things. Um, we've got um, putty buddies, earplugs. We've got some earplugs. Are you a are you a sound sensitive man?
0: Uh, I am a sound sensitive man, and I use them on on um, on aeroplanes. Mm. And I, instead of getting those very expensive head, you know, sound reducing headphones, which cost a fortune and are very bulky, mm. shove a couple of putty buddies in. <laughs> You're done. Um, you, same effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. <laughs> for... You can still watch the videos on the plane. Um, uh, but what I got them for initially was I used to, before the lockdown, I'm a swimmer and I used to go swimming very often. Ah. And if you swim a lot, you can get. Gluey oh, quite easily. You get water in your ear, yeah. and it's really a nuisance, and stops you swimming. Yes. And so I used to put the putty buddies in uh, for swimming. They're they're a swimming aid. I see. Do you still go swimming now? Are you still a swimmer? I haven't been s- since the lockdown. I was. Oh, okay. I used to go sort of two or three times a week, but I haven't been since the lockdown. Just haven't haven't had the kind of courage, confidence to do so. But as soon as I feel uh you know that we're beyond the, the, the virus mm-hmm. enough I I really miss it. I would love to go back. Were to you sleep. like
1: a, a wild swimming hamster teeth vibe or just a normal Lido pool sitch?
0: Definitely not <laughs> a wild swimming I tried it once in a in a river. Yes. Uh, uh, where one of the guests it was at a, a house party, one of the guests swam along and gashed the whole of a fire down <sighs> something underneath. And you always think I'm swimming away. What if somebody's just dropped a Ford Anglia? Yeah. <laughs> Down here. <laughs> I'm gonna scrape my stomach over it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah Oh my days is so embarrassing. I don't remember buying all these silly little strange things. I swear my life was forced by my wife with an ABBA pen knife. Wait, wait a
1: minute. Twenty sixteen now, Nigel. Uh oh, shooting the actor Simon Callow. Oh yes. Um you've got two copies, one for Nigel Planer and one for a man called Adrian Edmondson. Did I? Yes, you did. That wasn't that nice of you? you. What a lovely man! Confirming what a lovely man you are, and his oh, how, weirdly, his brilliant. was more expensive. That's weird.
0: Mm. How, a lot more expensive. How, how oh, much? No, more?
1: yours was no, not a lot more. Yours was six pounds forty-seven, and on the same date, seventh of July, his was six pounds seventy-seven.
0: So thirty p. That's weird, isn't it? Weird. That's very weird. Yeah, get him to pay you that back. It's a magnificent book by Simon Callow. Right. it's it's very funny. Sometimes one thinks unintentionally, or maybe he's intentional. You're never quite sure with Simon. Mm. It's about his shooting of a film in Eastern Europe by some famous uh, Milos (laughs) Gostepinkachenko. I can't remember the name of the director. Very famous Mm -hmm. Eastern European director. And... Simon's kept a journal, oh, and he had a bad time on this film. It wasn't his favourite thing. That's why he's called it shooting the actor. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is how bad it, it can get mm-hmm. for actors. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Simon-type actor moaning. It's just beautiful. It sounds like a green room moan. Uh, but being Simon, he's cleverer than that. Mm. He's He's allowed the director to interject and res- responds
1: oh that's clever
0: and the director replies and, and and it's it's just it's actually a brilliant book that's
1: like on a tripadvisor review when, it, when the owner of the cottage has a right of
0: reply underneath you slagging it off in a way <laughs> it's very interesting what it throws up but the but the director is very mysterious cryptic and occasionally he'll do something like uh, Simon has a go about, about, you know, shooting the horse that he had to get on from the wrong angle or something, you know, some actor thing, which may have been a valid complaint on the day, you don't know, and the director will give you an 18th century dictionary definition of the word hysteria, (laughs) and that's his entire response. (laughs) Or he'll, you know, he'll give you a little incident rather like a Julian Barnes novel he'll give you a little incident that happened in 19th century Poland yeah. a- about some guns that were stolen yeah, yeah. and you're thinking how does this how does that respond <laughs> to what simon said what's the where's the cryptic clue yeah. to this yeah and it's like simon takes you into this other world it's a, it's an absolutely brilliant book that's fantastic and i think adrian and i were writing uh, we wrote a play together which was then called Vulcan 7 mm. uh, which we took on tour ah. um, it's now called It's Heading Straight Towards Us <laughs> um, and it's about two actors stuck in a caravan on the side of a volcano in Iceland Oh great um, with a runner um, and they're stuck there the, the The bridge back to the main part of the set collapses uh. And they're stuck as an avalanche. It's it's a very funny play. We took it on tour, and we've now rewritten it. We were hoping it was nearly in the West End with Samuel West and Tony Gardner playing Bloody the two hell, actors, do. which would have been. That oh. we did a reading the day before the lockdowns, and they were just the you know two favourite actors yes. being brilliant. Yes, um, but we'll see what happens to it. But it's a very funny play, and at the time we were. I, I must have bought Adrian a copy of this book to get us in the mood.
1: Yes, I
0: see. For the for the thing, because the two guys are making a film called Falcon 7.
1: Right, 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 right. I, obviously, as a young one's obsessive, I'm just really happy that that Neil is still in touch with Vivian. That's the most important thing. Do you, do you guys when you work together, when you write together, is it a case of physically not being in the same rooms? Do you do it remotely, and then you come together? Do you swap scenes? What's your What's your approach? And are,
0: are you planning more stuff with Adrian? We got halfway through writing a second play actually, oh. and then the lockdown happened. Okay. And then he does go off filming. I mean, I still do a fair amount of acting, yeah. but he 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 likes to really do every. Every acting job that comes along, so yeah. he's less available than me. Now, I used to go around to his place, um, okay. and it, it, there's always a pacer and a typer, as it were. Mm. Um, but Adrian likes total control, ah. so he wanted you know, he it's on his Apple technology, it's on his in his house, it's in, right? So he's got and he's got the notes in different files and things so it was quite a nice gig for me because right. i'm all in cardboard folders and yes scribbled notes and <laughs> um you know different files and then it'll be let's have a look at simon callow's book or it'll be hey i found an interview with with some actor let's have a look at that and see what they said that's funny yes. you know i'm more uh distributed yeah. in the world and he's very focused. Nice for you to be
1: able to sit there and or well, pace there. Be the, the uh, Chapman and Cleese is the one I always think of, isn't it? Cleese hacking away at the typewriter and Chapman sort of uh, uh, behind him head in the clouds. N- nice to play that role though. Nice to sort of... Yeah. You know, it's playing, isn't it? Literally. It was, a,
0: it, it was good for me mm. um, and I didn't do much pacing because he's got a very nice sofa there <laughs> in his room and I just sat there and sometimes his uh, dog would come and Sit on me and look <laughs> over the, my shoulder. Not interested in me, just looking over the window, out of the window. Beyond. Using you as a human stepladder. I like it when dogs. That's are right. Yeah, yeah, big fun It enough. was. It was a. It's a good experience though, because he's. He's. I'm pretty organized, but he's very organized. Is he? Yeah.
1: Ah, right. He's a real. Right. I mean,
0: I'm so impressed. Ah. Wish I could. Wish I could get. Half of that amount of.
1: Interesting. You know.
0: Um, discipline. Driven, yeah, we're both driven, mm. but I tend to. Uh, Boris would say, spaff it up against the wall more. Uh,
1: um, you mean Boris Johnson, you know our
0: former prime minister? Yes, I know the one you mean. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I um, tend to get led by the next thing that idea that comes to me, mm. and and he is pretty. Um, for, I mean, he he was a director, he can direct as well. Mm. He directed their movie. He directed uh, the videos of Bottom. He's, uh, you know, and to be a director, you have to have, you have to know your way around the spreadsheets. Mm. You have, to, you know, all of that stuff. And did it's you? Not, it's not a joke. No, no. Well, it's
1: com- as uh, Nicholas uh, Craig says, in fact, comedy is a very serious business. Um, uh, when you were doing the Young Ones, then I can imagine there's a lot of people with opinions. Did you find yourself drifting back, or did you? Were you forthright in stepping up and saying, no, we need to do it this way? Or did you allow it to
0: happen? Oh, you mean this time working with Adrian?
1: No, I mean when you did the young ones. So when there's all of you, all those huge personalities. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was a nightmare.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was all young as well. So everyone's so loud and bloody full of it. Yeah, yeah. And it, the trouble is, it's like in a family, you get a you get a reputation for a certain um, behaviour mode. mm um, you are the one, you can't be the one who does X because you did Y once and somebody else is better at X than yeah. you at, at, at shouting loud. So mm-hmm. you're not the shouting one, but you might have a big shouty bit of you, yes, but yes. that is suppressed yes. because your brother or your co-worker, ha- um, they've taken that role. Yeah. And so you get stuck in a certain mode yeah. and... What was quite refreshing working with Adrian this time is there were vestiges of those old roles that came up. Mm. But because we're grown-ups now, we managed to sort of dissipate a lot of that. And so I felt I had, for instance, working with him this time, I felt I had more of a voice. He listened to me this time, (laughs) which I don't remember a lot of that going on Uh, in, in the young one's days because there was such a scrabble for for having the, the, you know, the voice. I think my role was to be pedantic, annoying and finickety (laughs) and just grind everything to a halt. Yeah, right, right, right. Until I got my point. And and I think they found that pretty annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Patreon, Patreon. Forward
1: slash all right listen let's move on we're getting towards the end now uh we are where are we now we're in 20 but a bit of a 17 i'm going to quickly stop off on this one before we leap into more recent purchases uh nigel 15th of december 2017 someone's been christmas shopping they have bought some gel toe spreaders well wow, that's gonna look lovely under the tree isn't it what a lovely christmas present that yeah
0: is. I think you'll find if you scroll through a load of the purchases that that's not the only toe spreader purchase. I think there's quite a few. Um, Yes. I had a, yes, I don't use them anymore. I have I've I've given them up, I I promise. But, you know, for a while, the the idea is you stop the carbuncles happening Mm. and it gets you, they're meant to make you walk better. And for a few years, I used them, and they get used up quite quickly because they go a bit
1: yee. Yeah. Bit... <laughs> that's, tr- that's a tricky wash in the, in
0: the, in the understairs sink. What, what, what are you doing they, in they're there? They're not nice, really. So you chuck them away and get some more. Right. right. <clears throat> but in the end, I felt that I was better doing toe exercises. Oh, my God, I love it. There's so
1: many. Look, yes. Do yes, yes, every yes.
0: day. I, I, instead, I do these toe exercises, which feels a better way around it.
1: Hang on, How, wh- why why do you need to do toe exercises? Does Because the toes affect everything, don't they? They're tiny. But if
0: someone was to take one toe off me now, I'd never walk the same again. Yeah, balance. It's a, to do with balance. I, I had a, a lot of back trouble. Mm. And then I, I uh, more recently, I, I fell and... In in an annoying way, when you're not wearing wide enough shoes and your toes are compromised in the toe of the shoe, and you've maybe got a bit of pins and needles, and you get out, you do a dangerous thing Mm. like getting out of an armchair.
1: Mm.
0: You know something as risky as (laughs) that—a stunt, a stunt, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah—something like yeah, standing up out of an armchair, and the and the foot because the toes are not spread and doing their work. The toes fold under, so yeah. the foot folds under, yeah. so the whole of you falls over and breaks your ankle. Yeah, and all because of the toes. Which is what happened to me. All because of those little that those outer toes not being spread enough. So pointy shoes. Yeah. you won't find me having bought any pointy shoes in yeah. there. Yeah, I could. Uh, that... wide-toed shoes.
1: Did, you're not, not. You're not a
0: winkle pickerer. Did? Uh, did you not. break your ankle? I did. Yeah. yeah. I, not, um, what do they call it? Fracture, uh, a couple of small fractures yeah. on the ankle. This is a bastard thing, of yes. course
1: yeah I'm sorry to I'm not laughing at that but the description of the toes it was like I was back in the comedy store watching the watching your character talk about the gut problem I mean it was you know there's, there's yeah. comedy mileage in talking in detail at length about physical ailments <laughs> about
0: really boring things
1: <laughs> yes welcome to the show <laughs> uh, alright listen here's what we're going to do Nigel uh, we are going to leap into the present right we're going to see what's going on at the moment so um, we've got a lot of eyeglasses straps <laughs> excellent a lot of these yes let me know I can see you you're wearing some. Right now, um, nothing worse than losing spectacles.
0: Yeah, it, it, you've got to have, you've got to have the thing, and I wear them out. And those ones I got are one of those purchases. If you'll see, there's one lot that look really cool and, and sort of multicoloured, and they're great. Tim Wannacott. they yeah, look, bargain hunt type, yeah. They're all kind of multicoloured, yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, patterns and things like that. Yeah. Very nice, mm. but they don't bloody work. Oh fuck. Uh, the glasses fall out of them. So you go back to the boring one with the thick, heavy grommet that you can shove the glasses so they yeah. don't fall out. Yeah. Um but yeah, I know it looks like you're some old auntie, whatever, <laughs> with a with a glasses over your neck. But it's better than losing them every time.
1: Well, the other option is to do what my in-laws have done, which is to buy 450, and I'm not ex- exaggerating here, uh, pairs of spectacles, so they're just everywhere. Literally, at any point, you can reach out. Much like a, a baby in a cot looking for dummies. There's dummies everywhere. There's just You go in their house, there's just glasses everywhere. That's
0: one option. I bet you if I did that, like Byros, yeah. they would accumulate in some place that I cannot find... I could work, I bet you, I could make that not happen. (laughs) And even though I bought them, I'd be sitting down and going, I'm sure there was a pair here, but there isn't.
1: And many years in the future. You should put this in your time travel novel. (laughs) Someone will look under the sofa and find evidence of glasses. Find 450 (laughs) pairs of glasses. (laughs) Who was this bifocal man? Um, Look, and then we've got a lovely bit of domesticity here for Nigel Plain. The 13th of January 2021 and the Ability Superstore long-handled sponge. A, a sponge with
0: a handle—that's evolution, right there, isn't it? it it's bloody good. Oh. If you need, you know, it, I think this was around the time. No, when was that? Twenty-one. A year ago, pretty much to the day where we are now. This is January so twenty-one. It's not when I—it's not when I broke my ankle, right? It's having an itchy back, <laughs> and oh, you know, you can. There's all sorts of things you can do with a long handled sponge you can clean your back. Mm. You can scratch your back. Oh, with a dry sponge. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a very good thing to have. Absolutely. Anything actually with a long handle. I, my dustpan and brush is a stand-up long handled dustpan and brush.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um I've got grabby sticks. Yes. So you can, a long-handled grabby stick where you can pick something up. I don't like, because of my back, I don't like things at ankle height.
1: No, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. I've got a bad back as well, and it's a plate paint. Um, it's always good to, uh, to finish on a, a high, high energy, quite literally. Um, the SIS Go Hydro Hydration Energy Drink Tablets, uh, which... Ah, oh, yeah. bloody, loads of them.
0: I think hell, you spent
1: them. £55 on energy drink tablets two packs of 20 tablets so they're,
0: they're not cheap oh that's embarrassing <laughs> good love to end on an embarrassing moment what's going on here please this is april 55 quid 55. i just i didn't think wow god that's a terrible thing <laughs> um well it, i'm certainly not getting those tablets because i do so much exercise mm-hmm. um it's to rehydrate mm. because i dehydrate quite quite uh quickly and get uh, i had some Back operations, right? Years ago, and I find I get cramp. Yes, down the nerve-damaged part of the leg, I get cramp. This has been a, like a medical hour, hasn't it? <laughs> well, this is what reveals. This is what it reveals. It's all I love it. It's all medical stuff. It's all symptoms. Everything. Yeah, exactly. I let
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Symptoms. The Symptoms. Yeah. But but so you so you d de- Uh, you get dehydrated easily and those bad boys step in and and fix stuff for you
0: I I must have bought that without even noticing that price because that's a ridiculous
1: price tell you what though could have done with that in India in the 70s couldn't you gone full circle absolutely we've gone full circle we've done it it's the the my mate bought a toaster dream when the last item tenuously relates to the first item yeah (laughs) structure Listen, uh, this has been a delight for me, at least, Nigel. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. It's been so much fun looking through uh, all the stuff you've bought. Thanks, Tom. Especially 55 quid on tablets, impressed with that. Before you go, we should say you've got a fantastic podcast. Nicholas Craig has got a podcast out now. Let's do an absolute massive
0: plug for that, please. It's a six-part sitcom. Podcom is what Nicholas Craig calls yeah. it. Um, and he is sitting there not knowing really how to work the technology, um, and he's decided that unlike anybody he can think of, he's going to write a memoir, mm. which is um, which actors never do. No, it, they don't. He, he yes, <laughs> um, and he he's uh, yeah, he's, it's about twenty minutes long, and he gets into he's trying to talk about um, how marvelous it is being an actor, but because he's sitting in the in the in the front room with a microphone and a laptop. Um, There's quite a lot of distractions and annoyances and things that that happen to him. Um, And a story kind of develops, which involves, strangely enough, Anthony Head. Oh, okay. um, Who is his kind of nemesis. Oh, great. Um, And there's... (laughs) because We were talking about who's your your bitterness and envy. Of course, Nicholas Craig um, would say... Anthony's you know a great mate and a smashing <laughs> actor um but he does manage to um to say some some fairly damning things about Anthony Head anyway um Anthony has very graciously uh is a guest appearance in in the podcast oh, excellent um and there's a little bit of uh sort of animosity between them. Oh, delightful.
1: Is this, is he in the first
0: episode? Is he in from the beginning or is he No, he's not in the right, first okay. episode. It's a it's a slow burn. Oh, it's a slow it's build a to to how Nicholas gets himself in quite a lot of shit. Wonderful. Fantastic. What's it called, please? It's called I an Actor a podcast. I an Actor
1: a podcast. By the time you're listening to this, if that starts at the end of this week, by the time this podcast that you're listening to comes out, There'll be plenty of episodes already available, so I, an actor, a podcast. Oh, that's great. Yeah. now? I, an actor, the podcast. Go and have a listen. Yeah. Uh, Nigel planner thank you so much for joining me. Uh, that was wonderful. I
0: loved that. Marvellous. Brilliant, great. brilliant, Good fun. Lovely just speak you to too. you. too. Take Thanks, care. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, 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 bye. bye.
1: <laughs> Nigel planner on My Mate Bought a Toaster, or this week, as I think we'll call it, My Mate Bought a Toast Spreader. So it's a better title, not going to lie. Listen, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for all your lovely messages. Thanks for all your ratings and reviews and subscriptions. I know it's mad. I go on about it all the time, uh, but apparently it helps with the algorithms. That's what the boffins tell me. Um, So any likes and all that business, it does make a difference. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your lovely tweets. Next week, well... I'm thinking about getting the author Beth Maury on the show. Her second novel, M and Me, has just come out. It's very, very good. She is a very interesting person, very funny. And she's also my wife. So she might come on the show, but it could get tetchy. We'll see about that. More info soon. See you soon. Bye now. It's my baby.